Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I am Jason. And I am John, and I am enjoying watching this UNO hockey team play. This is some exciting hockey. If you have not had a chance to catch a game on NCHC TV, you are missing out because this is probably some of the best hockey I've seen the Mavs play in, in quite a few years here. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's just been great watching the entire NCHC pod hockey, uh, getting to see all these games. I will say on Sunday, I was I was kind of getting a little bit burned out. Those were the those were the three game a day days. So it was a, it was a lot. But but we had a break on Monday and now I'm back enjoying it again. And and Jason's going to try and have some hockey uh, in his backyard. He posted pictures on Facebook. He is building a rink. We hope you it gets probably call it that. <laughs> we we hope right now it's a, a swimming pool because it's been so warm out. So I Bridget's dad, when she was a when she was young, he would uh he would uh, make a, a makeshift rink in their backyard and they would go out there and skate. So so Jason is Jason's is a little bit more professional. He's got some water in there. Hoping when we, we have this forecasted snow this weekend that that things will freeze and they can get out there on that ice. Yeah, I don't know that we'll be getting out there. I don't know that we'll have a long enough stretch for me to get everything in. Um, this goes back to, to my old days of working at a hockey rink, of knowing uh-huh. that you don't just flood it and freeze it. Um, build it up in segments, and so I've got the the deep end in, and we'll, we'll let it kind of hopefully set up here in the next few days, and then... If we can get down into the 30s, we'll finish the flood. So, yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have mixed emotions. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if I want it to be freezing day after day after day. <laughs> I'm kind of like I go walk for about an hour every day, so I have enjoyed the milder temperatures. But, uh, but for your sake, if it gets cold, I'll be happy because you guys can enjoy the outdoor rink, and I will. Uh, yeah. I'll enjoy seeing pictures of that on uh, on social media. Over under, first five minutes I send a puck through a neighbor's window, right? <laughs> Please do. Please do. They yell four in golf. I don't know what we're supposed to yell in hockey. <laughs> well, I don't know if you if you hit it uh, if you hit it into a uh, a certain uh, minor league baseball personality here in Omaha. If you hit it into his house, I guess you could say home run, right? Grand slam. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the to the hockey game that we probably all want to talk about, Cairo College in their second game in the pod. Apparently they are clean and can play. Uh, they had a pretty big test last night. Uh, went to overtime, right? Yeah, they played Western Michigan, a team that has had struggled early on in the pod and it did go to overtime and if i'm not mistaken this was the first that there that game was the first uh shootout in the new uh overtime format and jason and i aren't going to get into describing that because we get in trouble when we start describing <laughs> when we start describing new rules so go back to podcasts yell and scream at us and we'll just all move on with our lives let's just say Colorado College ended up winning that shootout to get the extra point that game officially ended in a tie with Western Michigan but that was a good start 
for them coming in having not played to get that result in their first game in the pod. Yeah, I looking ahead, I mean, you thought that would be a good, pretty good warm up with uh, with the problems that uh, that they've had that Western Michigan's had. Yep. And so, you know, with with Cairo College being late to the pod and having to deal with everything that they've had to deal with the last few weeks, it, it was certainly something that you thought would set them up pretty well. Yeah, I thought they looked decent in that game. It was an entertaining game. It was a, a three to three tie. They won in the shootout. So I was I I wasn't quite sure how this game might go. You know, you have a team that has you know fresh legs. Uh, they hadn't played the number of games that we had played, so I thought it might be a little bit more competitive early on, and I was wrong. Yeah, uh, you know, UNO came out jumping. You know, they had their feet moving. You know, that's something that coaches talked about in some of those uh, post-game interviews and stuff uh, about utilizing their speed. And I, I've heard the announcers that we've had uh, talk a lot about Omaha's speed. And that's something that seems to be kind of a recipe for success for this team. They keep their feet moving. Uh, they utilize that speed, especially wide, to get a, to gain entries into the zones. And, and that's uh, been productive. And in that first period, I mean, it was just despite the penalties that we had to kill, it was all Omaha. Oh, absolutely. One of the things that he talked about a couple of seasons ago, which was one of the uh, probably arguably the toughest seasons UNO has had, he talked about the team and the phrase he used was skating on the tips of their toes. And that's something that we've seen them do throughout these first few uh, pod games. You see them skating with a lot of speed. You see them skating with a lot of jump and that's what they did. And, and, Penalties were an issue tonight, as as we discussed before this podcast. But uh, overall, those uh, they're they're getting good scoring production, and they're getting uh, they're getting different players producing offensively for the team. So that's exciting to see as well. You know, the other thing that I'm we have to talk about, we can't just avoid it. Is you know we. We actually did better on Cairo College's power plays than they did. Uh, end of the period, the last two that we had, and Nolan Sullivan and uh, Jack Randall put in some shorthanded goals. Yeah, absolutely. Two shorthanded goals on the night. Uh, it's a, obviously a great night when you get two shorties and... Um, yeah, early on they didn't look great on the power play, but we looked fantastic on the penalty kill. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Four goals in the first period. That's a that is a a phenomenal phenomenal performance. And then the second period was Omaha's second period. I mean, it, for some reason this team always seems to have the worst second periods and it wasn't terrible. It's hard to really knock them a whole lot for the second period, but you know, it's basically a period of hockey where no one scored and you know we really didn't see much um omaha had some opportunities on uh, the power play and at least through the first um the first couple periods there uh it wasn't really clicking very well they they struggled a little bit uh, with kind of the basics of get the puck to the net get players to the net Right. And the uh, 
power play has been something it's it's uh you know the last several years even prior to the uh Gabinet regime the power the power play was something that we would <laughs> that we would struggle on you remember we uh People used to joke when we would go on the power play, let's just decline it. You know, use a use a use a football reference there. We're gonna decline the power play. We play better even strength. So so yeah, they struggled a little bit. What did you think of that second period? I there were I'll tell you what, and he's it's a player we talk about a lot, so I, I don't want to, to beat the same drum over and over again. But there were moments where I actually thought, you know, despite not scoring in the second period, um, I thought that Tyler Weiss had a really solid period. He had some opportunities. Obviously, either the the shot didn't go in or the the pass, you know, didn't get to the player that he intended it to. But I I thought he you know had some good work uh, in UNO's offensive zone that period. You know, at this level, and then you know from pretty much from here on out, you know, when you get into the collegiate level. You start working your ranks up to you know NHL level hockey. The talent pool is just so good that in the majority of situations, the kinds of things that Tyler's trying to do are going to be unsuccessful more than they are successful. And the thing comes from the danger comes from him being capable of doing that, and so you have to respect it at all times. And that's, I think, kind of what he showed throughout this game from start to finish is just you have to be cautious about how you play him because while he may not connect on that, you know, perfectly, he had a, on one of the power plays, he had a seam pass through two Carroll College players that was just a little bit in front of, I want to say is Randall on the wing. It might have been Bremer, though, because they had Bremer out there with them a lot. So um, one of the two of them, like, just just out of his reach. And he had to corral it and then take a shot, right? But an inch the other way, and that's that's a one-timer with a goalie having no chance of pushing across. Right. Uh, and, he, you know, they said his name a lot. He had the puck on his stick a ton. Uh so he was really involved in the play, and that's that's kind of good to see because his talent level, you need him involved. Yeah, were you worried at all after the second period? I was not. Were you worried? It, we were still not, up four to nothing at that point. Yeah, I mean, not really. And it, it was, it wasn't like we were in trouble or Cairo College dominated or anything like that. Like you knew that after getting four put behind you having your starting goaltender pulled you know you knew that team was going to do one of two things they were they're going to turtle and say we're out of it screw it we're done or they were going to fight back and they came out and said you know we're here to play we're going to fight back and that's i think that's good for the league and that's good for Colorado college certainly so i thought that with our proclivity for poor second period performances that that was probably the best we could. We, we weathered the storm. We had our opportunities. We didn't get outplayed. Um, we still went into the third, you know, up four, even in the third period where Cairo college, you know, in the first minute, minute and a half of the game, they get 
one they get their first goal of the game. Yep, they get a quick and, goal. Yep. Yeah, and we're up four one, and I'm thinking this isn't so bad. Like we're really not playing that bad. That no. was just kind of it was kind of a it was a good shot, a little bit of a fluky kind of you know weird way it kind of goes through and yeah exactly you know, they scored a goal so yep. what yeah you know and then then the power play clicked like i don't know if they made changes if, if coach kind of talked about you know we need to do something different on the power play in the third period uh but they made a change and uh matt miller gets a power play goal a couple minutes into the third period and you know, we're back to being up by four. And so at yeah. that point in time, you kind of figured we're rolling past this. You know, obviously you can't as a player get into poor. I know in the post-game interview, Coach talked about um, not kind of letting up at all. And, you know, because once you start letting up, then you start having bad habits kind of creep in. And he didn't want that for the team. And the team didn't want that. So, you know, it was nice to see them come out and say there's things that we can work on and we're going to try to get better. And see some success from that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. And I think, you know, you it, it's kind of a double-edged sword because, you know, they've had these these games here early where they put up a lot of goals on an opponent and kind of one going away. And for a team that's still this young and for a program that hasn't had a lot of success the last few seasons, you do worry that that overconfidence can set in, you know, and that's something down the stretch that we have to look at. Um so obviously they didn't do that. They continued to play hard in the period. You mentioned Matt Miller's goal. He has turned out to be a pleasant surprise so far this season. And that was great. We were up five to one at that point. I was feeling good. I think down the stretch, if you look, we had some some kind of interesting penalties throughout this game. Uh, Joey Abate has a penchant for uh, finding himself <laughs> in the box. You know, we, we look forward to that. Uh, <laughs> he just looks so angry I when he's... I mean, of all of the things in an empty arena, of all the things that the microphones catch here and there, I really want to know what he said that got him that misconduct. Yeah, it was exactly. just a tripping call. The it wasn't, had his yeah. arm up. It's a tripping call. He clearly says something. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's 10 more. Well, he's a guy who, as we know, he plays with his heart on his sleeve. So he's a... Uh... He's definitely an emotional player, so I would be interested. They need to they need to do one of those things where they just like mic up a player for, <laughs> and it needs to be Joey Abate, not not one of the quieter, calmer players. That's who we want to see Abate mic'd up. Yeah, I don't know. They've already had to apologize twice that I've seen for exactly. you know, what might have been heard on the ice. So, <laughs> well, and you know, speaking of the penalty box, and you and I talked about this because I did not notice this before today in, in both of the games that I watched, I noticed that when the players on the teams went to the box, they put a mask on their face while they were sitting in the box. And I felt like that was something new today that we had not seen before. Yeah, I messaged you about that because I wasn't sure if it was something that I had just not seen. I don't remember hearing anything about it. Uh, it was just kind of new to me, so I wasn't sure if it was just if it was new regulation or something, uh, a change. If it was, if it was just a Colorado College thing, like is this just because we just aren't solely confident about their, you know 
health coming into this, and so we're going to take an extra precaution. But. No, I will tell. I will tell you that I saw it too in the uh, Saint Cloud Western game. So game. I'm assuming it's not just them, but I, I see what you're saying. Like, is it because they were they arrived in the pod, so we're <laughs> we're putting the masks <laughs> on? <laughs> maybe that was originally supposed to be a rule, and maybe nobody had done it, and maybe. Maybe they're like, hey, guys, this is something we need to be doing this week. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's to protect the the person who's in the box with them. But I've seen them. I mean, they're masked up and have the, the yeah. plastic face shields. So, I mean, obviously, it, it does provide an extra layer of protection for them. I wonder if it wasn't, a, you know, we've talked about the Nebraska Medicine having a... Uh, I can't say control, but I mean, they have influence over the right. COVID regulations and stuff in here. So I wonder if they're not just looking at saying like model good behavior. He's in the box. You know, it's a it's not that big of a deal for him to put, you know, a mask on until they're you know essentially almost ready to go out or something. So, right. And it, those players are on camera. Yeah. And that's the thing is, because the other thing I saw is like, I'm trying to think back to every time I've seen a player go into the box, did they ever seen them put a mask on? And yeah, did they? Cause maybe did they... it's just one of those things they never showed it, but I'm like, no, I know they've showed guys in the box and not having one on. So did they do that? Did they do that in the NHL this summer? No, in the pod or in the, uh, in the bubble? No, I didn't think I saw that. But again, but, I then, then then there's part of me questioning, and then you start to question: Did I see that? Did because I we've watched like for example, I there was a Creighton women's basketball game uh, here that I watched, uh, or I didn't watch it, but I saw highlights on one of the local stations, and you know the players were out there on the court, a number of them wearing a mask. I caught uh, I caught a Minnesota Michigan State women's hockey game not too long ago. And there were a handful of the women's hockey players that were wearing masks on the ice. Okay, that's interesting. And I don't, I don't know that our listeners really want me to go into a whole lot of detail or care too much about this, but uh, <laughs> some of the uh, manufacturers for face shields have created this, essentially this like fabric lining that goes over the bottom of the plastic cages. Um, so oh, you have that plastic visor yeah, that's yeah. on the top, and then you usually have the plastic cage that's kind of underneath that, down to the chin strap. So this is something that that like velcros or snaps onto that, and then you know provides at least some sort of protection over that. Okay, uh, but they say is still you know still allows for airflow and things like that because sure. Know, I remember when I played like one of the things I hated about those plastic uh, the bubble helmets was that uh, I always kind of felt like I just couldn't breathe really, really well in them. I just, and I know it's like, it's technically there's nothing better about it. I, I get that like the data does not support the feeling that I have, but I always felt that way. You know, that's interesting. I've always wondered as somebody who has not played hockey, I wondered about the differences between the plastic shields and the cages. Um, it, it it different eras. It seems like in the early eras of era of UNO hockey, a lot more players wore those plastic cages than they do now. It seems like uh, most of them wear the uh, 
the metal cages in relation to that. And I did wonder if, if fogging up was a problem with some of those. I know they've got the, the plastic ones. I know they have the air holes at the bottom, but I, I did wonder if that was a problem or them just getting dirty with crud. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the scuff marks and stuff from sticks and things like that, you know, was always annoying. It's, you know, but at the same point in time, like I've gotten snow in my eyes and stuff when I wore a cage. So it's like you, you trade one problem for another, really, when it comes right. down to it. And it's just a personal preference thing. Do you wear the full cage or do you wear a half cage when you're playing? We're putting Jason uh, on the spot here. He doesn't want to look like he's not a safety guy by staring, saying he wears the half, yeah. the half cage. Just, well, just tell us. You got to be honest. This is this is the podcast here. Yeah, it's in in full disclosure here. Um, okay. <laughs> I didn't wear anything until we got married, and then she told me I had to wear a full cage, and the compromise was that I'd wear that half visor. Uh huh. And then um, she 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 started watching more hockey and saw some <laughs> you know pretty um, egregious injuries to the face. And the deal was that if I ever got a new helmet, I had to get a full cage. And I held out for like 12 years. Yeah, you just wore that a same crack helmet, in my helmet. And then I'm like, over and over again. Yeah. So, <laughs> so do you wear the full yeah. cage now? Or are you still wearing the head? Is, is this, I, is the I 12 the, years still going on? Yeah. I wear the full cage now. I had to get a new helmet. So okay. I do wear a full cage now. Okay. Not a fan of it, but I do wear it. She did not want your teeth to look like Joey Abate's or Brandon Scanlon's. I mean, come on. At this point in time, <laughs> like at my age, I'm going to be gumming my food in a few years anyways. What does it matter? No, you're very young. Don't you, you don't have to worry about that yet. No. <laughs> so, Jason, your player so the game... of the game for this six to one. Oh, yes. Continue. Did you? Yes. Yeah. Keep... Well, so the the final score was six to one because I don't think yes. we talked about the last power play goal by Brock yep. Bemra. Yep. Um, one of my favorite new players. Yep. Yeah. We talked about him a lot. Uh, and I guess before we do, before we do players of the game, I just want to talk about where this puts UNO because I think that right. going back to the podcast that we did prior to the pod, that is the weirdest thing to kind of keep straight in my head, by the way, the podcast and the pod, but I digress. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we talked about like how many wins they needed to come out to feel good, you know, compared to last year, like they needed to essentially come out of the pod you know, putting themselves in a position where they had a chance. Don't come out of this where you're so far behind the, the likelihood of you having home ice advantage in a playoff right. or, you know, being, you know, at a good position to win a, a postseason game kind of thing. Uh, so right now with, with St. Cloud losing the afternoon game today, Duluth is the only undefeated team. Omaha and North Dakota are tied right now with eight points. North Dakota having a game in hand, so they have another opportunity to pick up some points here. Um, and we're only one point behind St. Cloud for second. Uh, so we're in the top four solidly. We've got a little bit more. We've got a four-point you know, breathing room over Denver at this point in time. And more games to play. So they, they certainly have done what they needed to, at least through the first half of the pod. We're five games in. We're, you know, halfway there. If they can win three more games on the way out and finish six and four, I think that 
correct me, you know, with whatever you think, but I think six and four is, is an awesome place to be and puts them in a great position heading into the second half of the season. Yeah. I think that's a terrific place to start. You know, I think that I, I can't remember what we said our expectations were coming in, but I think we both were hoping that they would finish, you know, 500 or a little bit better. So if they could do that, I think that that would be great, especially considering the competition that they're playing, the number of new players that we have on the roster. It'd be fantastic. Who knows what will happen the next few games? You know, you look at a team like Miami, they've they've started to play much better hockey as the pod has continued. Um, Colorado College may be better. You know, it's it'd just be interesting to see how some of these other teams are as the uh as the next few days wear on so i'm kind of excited to see it but yeah six and four would be a great start i i there is part of me that wonders if this kind of truncated schedule that we've had this season has has been beneficial you know it normally is everybody out there knows who follows college hockey normally things start in october and and go through kind of early november with uh with your non-conference games and then you start to get into your conference play and UNO's had you know struggles in recent seasons where they kind of get behind the eight ball early on in the season. By the time they're ready to start conference play, I think sometimes the team kind of feels like they're out of it. They're sub 500 and everything else. And I wonder if this compressed schedule, knowing that they're you know only going to play 26 you know regular season games this season, has kind of created a sense of urgency in the team. I certainly hope it does. Because so ahead has because so far they've looked really really good. Yeah, and you know they'll have a challenge coming up. There's news just posted tonight that uh, Conley sustained an injury. Uh, okay, sounds like a, a pretty deep cut, and so we'll see. I mean, that's not that's not the kind of injury that's necessarily going to keep him out for a long period of time. But like you mentioned, in in this format, in the pod format, where you've got a few games in a few days, you know, a four day rehab could be, you know, most of the rest of the pod. So, right. We, we saw Conley leave the game with that injury and we all wondered what happened. And, and, you know, the other thing I was going to bring up are the, some of the, some of the players, some of the, the, the kind of stalwarts that we saw the last couple seasons that we haven't seen so far this season. You look at, you know, John Schultz, Travis, uh, Cotenbutel, those are guys that we haven't seen Heidner hair of as this mm-hmm. season has started. And then, you know, Travis Waugh is another one of those guys. And then a couple newcomers, Jake Harrison and Caden Bolson, we haven't seen yet. So it'll be interesting to see if we see any of those guys as the pod continues. Obviously, we've talked about the team and how they've looked and the kind of chemistry that they seem to have. So I'm not sure that uh, sure that the coaching staff wants to uh you know, mess around with that too much. They, they tweaked the lines just a little bit tonight. Um, but coaching staff doesn't seem like they're going to make wholesale change, but it'd be interesting to see with uh, Conley out, if we have, uh, have a, another forward dress that we haven't seen before. Coach mentioned a little bit about it is, you know, that internal competition. Yep. Not just because, someone might go down and someone needs to step up, but also because you need to constantly be worried about, you know, is there another guy there to take your spot if you're not going to produce? So this is one of those situations where 
you if you're looking to break into the lineup this may be your opportunity if conley has to sit for you know a game or two or something right exactly and that was one of the things when uh two seasons ago when i transcribed the uh, weekly news conferences one of the things that he talked about that was a, a source of frustration uh, for the coaching staff was that there wasn't enough depth on the roster where players were really challenged week to week um, right. And so their positions weren't in jeopardy, and uh, it's, uh, it didn't create the, the best environment for uh, players to improve. So it's kind of nice to see that uh, it looks like they've got some of that going on on the roster season. I think, uh, I think uh, players getting pushed will pay dividends. So let's talk player of the game now. Yes. You want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Well, I'm going to pick Brock Breber who we mentioned toward the end of this uh, this uh, discussion about uh, the game tonight against Colorado College. Uh, he got a goal tonight. That was his second goal of the season. Again, a player that you and I were both very excited about. As we mentioned ad nauseum, we got to see him play well, one of his games. In I think you got to actually see two of his junior games because i think you were at the lancer games the the next night when they played muskegon too so he's a player who's really turned out to be uh kind of a spark plug on this roster and i like the way he looks so far uh a quick quick guy who seems to be in the right place at the right time and so i'm gonna go with brock bremer exciting player on the roster go with another newcomer tonight as my player of the game well, he was going to be my pick too, so that's a Damn vote it, of sorry. confidence there. Sorry, dude. That's that's why <laughs> that's why I picked first. I'm like Jason's going to pick Bremer, and then I have to quick scramble to pick one of the other uh, great performers tonight. So, yeah, you know that's kind of one of those. Who do you pick? I I had three on my list just in case you stole my number one like you just did. <laughs> sorry um, about that, dude. I'm gonna say Jack Randall. Uh, he gets a shorthanded goal. He had an, he had at least a handful of like golden opportunities. He really did. Uh, he seems to be playing really well defensively. He's not a liability. And that's something that I think is important, especially at the level that he wants to play at that, on that line. Um, so yeah, kudos to him. He did a good job tonight. That was a beautiful five hole goal he had tonight. So yeah. Great shot. Brandon Scanlon also had a, a beautiful top shelf goal uh, early on in the game. So, yeah, great performer. Yeah, Jack Randall. Yeah. Jack Jack Randall's looking really good. I can't yeah. tell you how many times Dave Starman and Ben Holden have talked about how Mike Gavinette spent eight months trying <laughs> to convince him to come to UNO. So that was time well spent. That was time well spent, Coach Gavinette. So another great win hey, for no. UNO. Another great win for UNO. We uh, we will be excited to uh, to see them in the next matchup. And that next matchup is at Miami, so we get to stay on the bench that we've had success on. And we play at the 8.05 game, so we get the nice late game again on Saturday, December 12th. Yes, yeah, so we get a couple days off here. Yeah, you know, that certainly should help depending on, you know, the severity and, and what's going on with Conley. You know, that gives you that opportunity for him to have a couple days of of rest and healing. And, and maybe he's ready to go for Miami. If not, it 
I mean, you can't overlook Miami. They're not that bad, but you do say if you're going to lose him for a game, I'd certainly take him losing him Saturday over uh, at Miami than, and have him back for St. Cloud on Sunday. You know, the one thing I'll say to back there. So yeah, exactly. The one thing I'll say about Miami is despite the fact that they have not won a game yet in the pod, uh, they played every team tough. You know, they played North Dakota. They lost two to nothing. They Mm -hmm. played, uh, they played us. They lost two to one in overtime and they played Minnesota Duluth twice. And, you know, it was five to three decision and a four to two decision. So, they're a good, solid team, and they play good defensive hockey. I don't know that they have the horses to run up and down the ice with us, but uh, they're starting to play fundamentally sound hockey, and Chris Bergeron's doing the best he can with what they have, you know? Well, their only point came against us, so we need to, you know, wrap this up with them. So we yeah, need a, we exactly. need a big win there. Um, it'd be really nice to... You know, after the the close game that we had with St. Cloud, it would be nice to get that back, even up that initial series with St. Just, Cloud. Jason just wants us to blow it open again. <laughs> do you rem- do you remember like a couple seasons ago? I, I there were people who would like text me and call me, and they're like, "I'm just telling you, John. The next you know the next five years of this team, we're going to play this slow it down." boring style of hockey they're gonna try to win games one to nothing and i i just want to tell you i you know and you know what i've learned since we started this podcast two years ago when i was getting those calls i'm not listening to anybody i'm i'm going with an old adage that one of my high school english teachers had you know believe none of what you hear half of what you read and all of what you experience and right now i'm uh the thing i'm experiencing is definitely not that so I would love to see UNO blow this thing open. And would you like me to give my prediction for this? We, it's You're leading into it. Let's, I'm expecting double digits here. Let's, let's, just, let's just go. I think UNO is going to win five to nothing. Okay. That's, 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 that's not indicative of how that's, Miami has played, but let's, let's just go with that. A, that's a bold prediction. Yes, it is. Um, I'm going to be regretting it, I'm sure. I'm going. I'm going to go a little bit different. I don't think okay. that we can shut them out. Okay. Uh, I actually wonder if we don't see. I'm just going to. This is part of my prediction right now. I don't think we see Seville in net. Okay. I think against Miami we see. I don't. It's hard. Miami wonders. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that they're gonna go with Zab, but who knows? Maybe they give the kid a, at least one game or something. That would be here. a bold pick. I, I I would think if we saw anybody but but Seville, it would be Austin Roden. Yeah, I mean, I fully expect it to be Roden, but I mean, part as I was saying, I was like, you know what? No one's ever seen Zab. Maybe you throw him in there just to like really mess with some people. Um, but I think I think six to two. That's what I'm gonna say is gonna be okay. The end result. Give Seville a night off. Give him, you know, three days of rest. Get him ready to go against St. Cloud, and we'll ride Seville out from there. So that's that's yeah. my prediction. We'll see. Yeah, Seville's Seville uh, has. There have been some impressive moments for him. I'll be interested to see. I I tend to think they'll play. They'll start Seville on Saturday night. But you're right. If 
there is an opportunity to play Roden, this would probably be the game to do that. We had talked about that in the last podcast, that Miami would be a good matchup to uh, to try one of the backup goaltenders and give uh, the starter a little bit of a respite. I, yeah, and you got to look at it with Sunday being the you know your possibility to jump a jump a position at that point in time because you're depending on what North Dakota does in the next two days, uh, you very well could be looking at that as you know a game for second place, and you've got to have your number one goaltender in in net for St. Cloud then. So if you're gonna give them a break at all, that's my guess is it's probably the time to give them a break. Yeah, I mean. I just tell you, Jason, it is amazing. In five games, we've scored 24 goals. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For the, you know, statisticians out there, whoever's keeping track on it, because I'm not, and I don't have it in front of me, but it's just the question popped into my head. You know, what's the fastest number of games UNO's gotten to 20 goals or 24 goals or something? and yeah, we'll have to. I'll have to. We'll have to go season by season and look. I don't know. I have no idea. That I do not have memorized. I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive thing to be that that far ahead in goals that short into a season. So that's right. Okay, so yeah, we'll. Uh, well, my watch decided to start talking to us. I put that on. <laughs> I put that on do not disturb, but uh, apparently Siri has a mind of her own. So oh, apparently but I had not put it I on. I heard her. She said we were right. I just <laughs> want to point that out. Something about as right as right can be. So, yeah, the the digital assistant knows. The digital assistant knows. Okay, Jason, we have one more topic. And we promise we won't make this go on too long or Bridget will scold us for doing a gigantic podcast. This week... And it would be Monday of this week, which was two days ago when we're recording this podcast. UNO put single game tickets on sale for the second half of the season, specifically the January games. They did not put the three games that we have in February on sale, just the five games uh, that are uh, in place to start the second half of the season, assuming that starts. And so it's a um, uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's matchup against North North Dakota. Dakota. And then we have three games against Denver, three against three games against Denver uh, at the end of the month at Baxter Arena on the 21st, the 23rd and 24th of January. Now, season ticket holders were allowed to buy tickets. They had a very limited number of tickets and you could use uh, the money that you had paid for your season tickets since they didn't do traditional season tickets this year to buy tickets. Bridget and I bought all five games. I believe you guys did not, and I know a number of people who did not get games for those January games. We debated it, but we decided ultimately that, A, it probably wasn't the best choice, and B, part of me says, (laughs) they're hoping and praying at this point that they can do that, and I don't think they're going to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, what do you think the odds are that they're, going to actually be able to have fans it it doesn't seem less than likely 1%. to me it doesn't seem but i had to get as you know i got a 486 game attendance streak so i had to, yeah. i had to, <laughs> i had to go thing. as a fan like you got to know that you're you're not going to really lose that money uh you know no 
if you you pay for it if they don't have the games you're gonna roll it into you know future money or something like that but right yeah i mean i've got the nchc package i'll be sitting at home (laughs) watching like i am now well, there are a lot of people like you, and I, I've had people text me saying, so you're going to the games. And I, I feel like, and they, they haven't come out and said it, but I feel like they're saying, you know, you're like, John, you just signed your death sentence. You know, it's, it's like, it is, it's a little bit of a concern because you don't, we really haven't had sporting events with, you know. So did you or did you not get the text that says, you know, your streak ends when you die, right? <laughs> See, maybe, maybe that's the goal. They've like, maybe that's why they're sounding so optimistic. This is, this is our way to get rid of John and Bridget once and, and kill that streak <laughs> once and for all. Is, and I know that a lot of fans are are kind of probably like with this pod, we're hoping that fans would not be allowed just because they don't want to feel the cognitive dissonance that it causes when they have to make a decision like this because it's the it's the FOMO thing. People don't want to miss out on a chance to watch the team in person who are fans like you guys and some of our other friends. But I can understand, you know, people who don't have 480 some game attendance streaks not wanting to go. I think that's a very prudent attitude to have. Yeah, it's just, it sucks to be in that position as a fan. I really want to be there, like you said. But, you know, ultimately it came down to, okay, is it worth the risk? I don't know that it is. Is it really going to happen? Probably not. So why bother? So, yeah, I'm, I I may be dressing as a clear but... plastic bag for those games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It'll be half inter- protest, uh, half COVID <laughs> response. If if it does happen, we will be there, and I will, I will, be sure to document it for you all, so you can see what uh, what's happening, what limitations there are, what they end up doing. It'll it'll be very interesting to see how that goes down. If it does, I I have a hard time believing that it will, but but the you know contact we've had from UNO. Um, they they seem very optimistic and again i don't know if it's wishful thinking or not but we'll just have to see uh it'll it, i'm just fascinated to see how it happens so uh, so we'll uh, we'll keep you updated on that so everybody stay tuned as to whether there will be fans at the game in the second half or not we will see in the meantime, we have a lot of games coming up to watch on TV. And as Jason mentioned, uh, in a couple days on Saturday, December 12th, UNO will be taking on Miami for the second time in the pod. And uh, we gave our predictions, and we're very excited to see that. So be sure to follow Mad Puck on social media because we'll have all kinds of fun stuff, I'm sure, between now and then. We'll see if we can get an update on Kevin Conley between now and then. and uh, So be sure to follow along. And until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs.